Hello, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Shoe Podcast. I'm Shade. And I'm Nina. And today we have Jay Halim on the set, and we would like to know your story. I'm looking at it. It's incredible. It's impressing from you from starting from the bottom and to the top. How did you do this? How you guys doing? Thanks, ladies, for having me on. I am I'm Jay Halim, author, entrepreneur, lifestyle coach, a whole bunch of other things. Okay. <laughs> but but um, you know. God, number one, you know, God's grace, because a lot of people have been in my situation and hadn't been able to get to this point. And so I know it's not just me alone. Um, however, you know, again, a little bit about me. Grew up in Newark, New Jersey, um, in the crack era, like a lot of people went through hardships, grew up in a household with a bunch of people strung out on drugs. Pretty much every adult, except for my grandmother, strung out on drugs. I was the first grandchild, so I got a chance to see other things with people using drugs. So that was my life in the beginning. It was me going to school by day at night hustling. You know, it got me dealing with the law a lot as a child. Then going to college, I still stumbled into college, but I still was dealing with the law. Became a felon in college. Still managed to graduate actually with great grades, but can't get a job. You got the debt, you got the student loan debt, but you can't get a job. Yeah. So, you know, that was just a tough situation. And back in those days, entrepreneurship wasn't so prevalent. Everybody wasn't a, an entrepreneur. You go to college, they like get a job. What do you mean? You know, right? And so it wasn't social media like, oh man, you know, this is you. You should do. You should do that. No, it wasn't none of that. It was, you know, straight up get a job. And so trying to figure that out was tough. Um, but a few years, you know, about ten years ago, I came back to South Carolina where I went to college at because the economy was just so crazy with the housing um, situation. And that's why I became a felon. So again, I just took an eight dollar an hour job because I had a family, and I had to do something. Yeah. But I had a camera, and I was already shooting at the same time as taking this job. So, um, I just kept doing what I was doing with the camera, kept getting better. But I went to a TD Jakes conference okay. in 2014 down in Orlando, Florida, and he was putting out his book Instinct at the time. And part of it, he was just letting you know that, um. A lot of you guys have instinct in you, letting you know that you're not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be right. somewhere else. And everybody that came to me, came with me, told me he was talking to me, and I was crying. Yeah, everything like that. Room full of people. And a couple months later, I went and got an office space. And two months after that, I left my job and never been back. And that's when I adopted my motto: "I won't stop." Okay, that was like a divine intervention. Like when you go to certain events or somebody that comes in your presence at that time and then you just get like a a light bulb just light up in your brain like okay this is what i'm supposed to be doing because i know it's hard for a felon to even find a, a decent job you know even target or walmart to slam the doors on felons you know what i'm saying so it's a good mm -hmm. thing now that social media is um part of our lives you can see other people you know what I'm saying? Doing it and being a, becoming an entrepreneur, building their own businesses from the ground up and just being persistent, you know, and that's a that's a good thing. Did you take any classes to you or know be able to know how to use your camera, photography classes in college, or you just picked up the camera and kept it going? Nah, honestly, you know, in college, I did study business in college and I got a business okay. degree. But um I picked up my camera in 08 because I was having a child, having my daughter. And I just okay. wanted to film and take pictures of her, everything she did. 
Yeah. And then I, I did go to um, DC TV, which is like a PBS station in DC for a hot minute, but that's when the economy went crazy. You know, my wife right. at the time, she lost a job on Capitol Hill. I had a little you know piece of business. So whatever that was, I had to get rid of to make sure we were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went back south because it's a whole lot more expensive in DC than it is in South Carolina. So oh, I can imagine. Yeah, so I was like, all right, we got to figure this thing out. But again, trying to get a job was tough. I still had this camera, and I'm like, look, <laughs> um, I got to make this thing shake. And honestly, I, I started to sell it. I tried to sell it, and the person who bought it from me was my pastor at my church, and he gave it back to me like two weeks <laughs> later. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you want the money back? He's like, nah, I'm good. I just want you to use this camera. So I'm Amen. like, I bet. And I, What kind I of camera like, was it? Back in those days, it was a uh, Canon 7D, and the 7Ds okay. was the truth back in those days, like right. $2,000 camera. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it shake. So I started doing what I was doing with it. I didn't really have no formal training or nothing like that. <clears throat> okay. I just, I, I got my practice actually in church. I would be shooting at the church. Anything the church had, I shot it. I shot every Sunday. Any function it had, I shot it. Nice. And so I did that and hustled outside of the church. So I shot for mm-hmm. my church for three years for free, but that was the greatest training I could have. Okay, can we um can you go back and um tell us what for as far as eight dollars an hour, what did the job consist of? What made you to where that you know you were like, no, nah, I can't do this no more. You're oh. accepting the eight. I mean, of course the hustling, but the the eight dollars an hour it had to be a moment that when you started doing it, especially by taking orders and then you were coming from the street, you was used to a specific type of income what made you say like hmm photography you know i'm gonna no i had already first said i said photography from the door but what happened was to be perfectly honest i put in my first book i said i was like okay let me go ahead and take these pictures my wife was working a job but she was pregnant with my second child at the time and so i think that they let her go because she was a temp because they didn't want to make her a permanent employee while she about to have his baby yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. All right, well, we got taxes coming. So we're going to get about four or 5000 back. I got a few months on that because in South Carolina, it's cheap, right? So I'm like, we got a yeah. few months on that. So I'm like, all right, we can, rent was like 700 I'm like, we got a few months. We pay up the rent. I'm literally at the flea market. I'm selling bootleg movies at the same time. I'm doing all type of stuff. Okay. <laughs> True hustle. And so when that happened, we get our taxes. We owe some money and they didn't to give us our taxes. I'm like, oh my God, hold up. So she don't have a job. I don't have, we didn't get the taxes. Photography ain't coming fast enough. And, you know, these bootleg movies not moving fast enough. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and get something, it don't matter what it is. And that still took a while. And I had a guy I went to college with. He had a um, car dealership at the time. And um, he couldn't hire me to sell cars. But he Mm -hmm. said, yo, I'll let you come with me to the auction to get cars. And he paid me for doing that. Wait, why couldn't he hire you to sell cars? Right. Well, he could keep it all the way funky. It really wasn't his. He told me it was his car dealership. Oh, but okay. at the time, I found out later it wasn't. But at the same time, I I didn't trip off of it. He he did what he could because he knew he couldn't convince this man to give me a job knowing my background. But okay. he said, hey, he had to, he was responsible for going to go get the cars from the auction. So he would pay me whenever I went with him to do that. And it got to a point where it actually got good because it started rocking and rolling. By the next tax season, I was going to the auction myself with the crew, you know, and everything was sweet, but um, it was an opportunity, but I still needed more money because my son was born. 
And the day he was born, so I mean, well, when we brought him home from the hospital, the car was repossessed. The next morning, I mean, that same day he took the car, the next morning there's the eviction notice on the door. So oh. Oh, I'm like, man. I got to do something. And I had already been in a space where I'm never going back to hustling. So right. I was like, man, um, I knew somebody that got me a little $8 an hour job at a hotel being a houseman. So I was just <laughs> cleaning up at the Hampton Inn, yeah. you know, cleaning toilets. You know, doing what I needed to do at that point. But I didn't stay at $8 an hour, you know, because I was hustling even in there. I mean, I right. sold pretty much everybody that I worked with a car. I sold bootleg okay. movies to them, too. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. I did what I needed to do. I ended up, when I left, I was at front, I was on the um, front desk when I left. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but that was the thing. It's funny, too. My boss, he was like, look, he found out. He's like, man, hold up. How are you just a houseman? Because we did some other side work. And we had a conversation. He's like, give it to me straight. And I told him what it was. He's like, man, you don't need to be doing that. He said, I got something else for you. And then, like, a few weeks later, he put me uh, on, the, um, on the front desk, so which was cool. Because, um, you know, it was a franchise. It wasn't, a, um, you know, one of the, the main stores. I mean, it was a franchise, Hampton Inn. So he okay. understood. And he saw my work ethic or what have you. So I just went ahead and did that until it was It was just I knew I could do way more than even. When I left, I was making 14 hours. Okay. But when that TD Jakes conference came, it was just a different story because, again, I started a business. I started a commercial cleaning business in D.C. You know, um, D.C. is a whole lot more expensive than South Carolina. I just was a broken man. Right. I was in a situation where all the decisions I made seemed to not go my way. And so I started second guessing myself. So I was just trying to play the game. And as I put in my book, you know, I was around a lot of people in church. And other individuals that wasn't good for me. So they, they took advantage of the fact that I always wanted to be a good person. Hustling was just how I got my money. I was never a bad person. I ain't never hurt nobody, none of that. I just was gifted at getting money. Right. What pushed you to start a book? What what made you write your book and get it published? Like what take us through that process. Oh man, that was crazy. Another thing that happened at the TDJ's conference, a lady came up to me, prayed on me, and said I was gonna write a book. I didn't believe that. That was 14. So, um, you know, my photography business took off after a while. You know, I went and got my office um, that same year, left my job. It was a little tough for the first couple months. But mm-hmm. then my, my wife lost her job again that summer. And so that's mm-hmm. when I went hard in the paint, you know what I mean? Because it was just a whole different thing. And in South Carolina, you guys probably read about when, the, um, well, the, um, the people got killed in Charleston at the church. Yes. Yeah, that, that was tremendous to my career because um, that happened, then the flag happened, they was bringing down the flag. So I was the photographer who they hired to take photos of a lot of places around the state because it was like a one SC, one community thing, trying to get mm-hmm. everybody riled up and coming back together, you know, as a state. And so I was wow. hired to do that. And then I started working with the mayor of the city of Columbia. And so I kind of got you know, a lot of notoriety, everything he was doing was my photos in the newspaper and things of that nature. So, and then we had a um a thousand year flood too, all in that same year. So I was doing that work as well. So my camera was everywhere that year. So the next year I kind of just went off to the, off the rails, started working with government contracting, doing that stuff with the camera, worked with Amtrak, um, started getting a whole lot of business in that situation. So okay. the biggest thing was the government contracting what made me get to the book because they started using me as like the poster child. They started saying, all right, well, um, we this is how we help minorities get business. And so I was mm-hmm. around different parts of South Carolina, you know, being at these functions, speaking, talking about how my business is and how the city, the state and the county was helping me 
get business. But they were saying it's for minorities, but we weren't there. So I got the contract. I'm filming and shooting me and my crew, but they're not there. So I saw that need and I created the company I Won't Starve at that time. Okay. And so what I did was I partnered with the government, you know, local, state, and um, federal government to bring those people, bring minorities there so they could actually get the information that they wasn't getting at these functions that they were hiring me to shoot. And so through I Won't Starve, Okay. We would have major events and we would have like 200 people in the room and we'll be able to have them be able to talk to these people in the city, the county, the state where they otherwise wouldn't have been able to get with them. So they was able to get contracts and get certified to do business with the government through our efforts. And we work with over 600 businesses. Wow. How many jobs have you provided with, you know, your your um, organization? How many people has went through it successfully and not returned how did you what, change the recidivism rate oh well from from a um like with businesses I, we've helped 600 businesses get certified now how many jobs that they were able to create for people by the contracts they got i don't know those numbers but okay. a lot of a good a good amount of those guys and women had been in prison or had had felonies you know and then other just other ones was just minorities that didn't know that we didn't have the information. A lot of times we're in a space because we don't know. Right. We just misinformed or we just don't have any information, period. I mm -hmm. didn't have the information. A good brother named Angelo McBride, who worked for the city of Columbia at the time, saw something in me. And he saw me at every function hustling. And he was like, let me talk to you about something. Mm -hmm. And he told me about getting certified. And I and I just listened to everything he said, do. And I even told him I came to him clean. I like, look. I got a record. He was like, don't even worry about that. They ain't gonna ask you nothing about that. And he said, he's like, you're not applying for no job. You a, you, you a contractor. Right. And literally, I never, nobody never asked me about my record. None of these places. I work with the military. I work with Save the Children Foundation. Literally, they're the only people That's that ever, um, you know, background me. And that was just because they want to make sure you don't mess, you never mess with any kids. Right. But other than that, I've never been backgrounded by the military, by the NBA, N N WNBA, NFL. None of those places that I've worked with, nobody ever asked me for my background. That's Amen. Good. Amen. <laughs> what is the name of your book and what's the content? What is it? What's your book is about? My book, hold, one, get my book for me real fast. Um, I won't start. I got three of them. My first one is I won't start, of course. That's about my that's about my life. Again, growing up in North New Jersey, um, just being in a space where, you know, it was rough up there, you know. My grandmother was trying to figure it out. All her kids, except for one, she has eight children. All her kids, except for one, was strung out on drugs, hard drugs, you know, heroin, crack. And my mom was one of them. You know, um, my mom left at 11. She went with a guy um, and never came back until years later. Oh, and wow. it was just rough. So I saw a lot of drugs. I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of, one second, go get it. Yeah. I, um, she's going to get my book for me. Okay. <laughs> I okay. saw I um I saw a lot of drugs being used, but you know, back in the day, the rap songs wasn't telling us to use drugs. We was learning how to sell them. Right. And so I was playing yeah. basketball. I played ball, but I needed my money because again, we was in a house, three bedroom house with fifteen people. When I oh, came wow. home from trying to be an overachiever playing basketball, wasn't no food left, wasn't no pork no. chicken, none of that. So I had to figure out what what I was going to do. And so I would take some weed to school, sell that, you know, then next, you know, going on the block and it just, and it just mounted. So by the time my senior year came, that's what, that was my thing. I was that guy, you know, so 
This is my first baby right here. I won't starve. Okay. Oh. And what year did you put that out? 19. So the funny thing is, I put I opened um I won't starve in 17, and everybody uh-huh. was speaking because I did not want nobody to tell me I wasn't good enough for them to pay me to speak. So my first event was a paid uh, event. I said, look, come oh. here, pay this amount of money, and I spoke. And it was like, well, you speaking, you need a book. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm speaking without a book. But it kept talking about that. And so I finally did write the book, which was the best thing that could have happened to me business-wise because it freed me from all of the nonsense I went through, all of the, right. you know, I felt the way about my mom, felt the way about yep. my in-laws, felt the way about church, felt the way about a lot of stuff. And I got it all out, not from a tabloid perspective because I ain't that type of person, but right. I tell my story. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm telling my truth, but it's everybody else's business. That wasn't me. It's like, it's my story, what I went through, but I got through it. So I was happy that I was able to write the book. Now, did you, on that first book, did you get any, um, like your in-laws, your family? What was the, what did the critics say? Because that always happens. What did they have to say about, did they say like, you know, did you tell their business? You know how in black families, it's like, (laughs) you cannot tell business what goes on in the house stays in the house. You know, that type of stigma, especially since you grew up in a house of 15. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I didn't tell nobody's business. Um, Again, I told the truth. I didn't say, oh, my uncle so-and-so was doing this. (laughs) It was just seven out of my grandmother's eight children was strung on drugs. Now, I'll say about six of the seven is not no more. So that's good. Thank God. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. So, Amen. Uh, Amen. One, of them we, yes. one of them we lost. You know, we lost to it. You know, my youngest mm-hmm. aunt, who was like my sister, we lost her to it. And, um, you know, but that was that. But, um, you know, I didn't say nothing specifically about nobody. As far as my in-laws, you know, I didn't tell their, um, their business. I told my interactions right. and things that happened. If people felt the way about it, that was them, mm-hmm. but nobody not coming at me. I'm not. I don't feel those type of pressure. They're not coming at me about nothing like that. You okay. know, like they knew right. what it was. That's good. That's oh, good. that's good. And you said you got three, three books. Yeah. So you know, I did. Oh, I won't starve. And I was already. I, I mean, I was bit by the bug after I won't starve was done. So, and I understood I was doing trainings. As I said, I started speaking at I won't starve experiences, straight up training that I did, just teaching them about entrepreneurship. But then having the partnership with the government, having those people there, those oh, resources nice. there for them to say, hey, I can get with the government entities and actually get you starting okay. the business. It's tough to get short money. And so me right. having the government entities as partners, they were able to get right there, get there, have enough years in business. And sometimes you need a year. They'll teach them how to use their work experience or whatever to get certifications because a lot of people don't know that. They might say, oh, you need three years. But if you got three years in work experience doing the same thing you're trying to do with the government, you can still use that, especially in local government, to get a certification. But they were there learning that information at the time. So I knew I was going to write a book about my trainings, but COVID Mm -hmm. was coming, so it was right on time. So when I put my book out, you won't starve, which is um, my training manual, key principles to entrepreneur development. Okay. Uh, it was right on time because I couldn't go go nowhere and train nobody, so people was able to get my foot my book. Nice. Okay. All right. I like now. that. Okay. <laughs> and the third one is the um is the uh, is a training book as well. Oh, trying to catch up here. Okay. 
see. Oh, he he going to get back in. His internet okay. might be um, messed up, but that's good because you know what? We can download this and then uh -huh. edit. Right, right. It's it's mm -hmm. gotta edit. Yeah, that'd be You're nice. Good. You'll be able to drop in the two um episodes too. I mean, you know, um, excuse me, um, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Mail call or, um, yeah, we can put because once we drop this one uh -huh. into our computers, mm -hmm. and then they say you add all your other stuff, your mail call and all that stuff. So that's cool. right, right. So you can insert it in that part, mm -hmm. right? At the beginning or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, just on the part where, um, where is his reception messed up? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can just add it in there. Awesome. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, that was. I'm in Vegas, and the wind out here is ridiculous right now. Oh so. yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that sometimes that do it do that. I don't know where I, where we where we left off or where if y'all want me to start the, the books for being an uh, entrepreneur. Um, okay. You, the you third. Start. That's the that's the, 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 my the second third. one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, like I said, I was doing these classes anyway for for uh, all across the state, and oh. so I started. I started, you know, I said I'm gonna put this in a book because I got bit by the bug once I finished the first one, and it kind of timed perfectly when COVID happened. Even though mm -hmm. I started traveling because I traveled all over the place with the first book, and right. I was like, all right, well, let me go ahead and put this book, this one here, this training manual to go right to it. You won't start basically teaching other people. So they don't have to go through the roadblocks I went through, not just right. from a, a, a background. I, you know, you need information. Nobody told me I stumbled through it. And so mm -hmm. I was trying to help people get right to, to the source immediately. Yeah. And so when COVID happened, it was kind of perfect for me because I couldn't go nowhere. So they, I could still get them my book. So right. that worked out tremendously for me, um, creating this um, key principles to entrepreneurial development. And I focused on three different generations, which is the Gen Zers, kids that's in college right now, the millennials, and the baby boomers. Okay. Because we focus on opportunity. And again, this is for me. In college, nobody talked to me about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Even though people knew I was a felon, knew I probably was going to have a hard time, they still was trying to send me through that. And mm -hmm. my first time, my, I, I got hired for three straight jobs, less than 90 days out of college. And they, they let me go immediately once my background came back. That's traumatizing. Uh, yeah. So people were still trying to shove me into jobs. And I'm like, they wasn't telling me about this other opportunity. And so I wanted to give kids that opportunity, especially black kids, because if you, you know, don't show signs of being an engineer or whatever, they're trying to tell you, you got to be a garbage man or you need to do this. Or you need to do that. And if you have gifts that's, or something that you gifted at, let's get, let me give you this information right here so that you can start your own business if need be. Right. Um, you know, millennials, a lot of us, again, we've made these decisions and we 10 years into that decision and we realized that it was a mistake. Oh, well, let me show you how to pivot out of that mistake. Right. You know, let me show you how to get to that point. And for our baby boomers who are retiring, you know, you spent your 30 years. Nobody knows more than you in that right. space, but you don't know how to do it for yourself. Right. So with all that gifts, all that talent, you, you might be working at Walmart as a greeter, right. you know. And not because you want to, because you want to, to salute to you. But if you, you think that that's the only thing you got, you would probably run in the office for 30 years, making six figures. But you don't know, nobody's taught you or told you how to pivot and shift and use that money for yourself. Like going to the same people that hired you for 30 years or go to their um, 
competitor and get a consultant space on a job for six figures okay. you know, underneath your LLC. Yeah. So nobody talks like that. And so we've been able to do that through this book and actually go ahead and um make make it plain for them. Yes. And what's the third book about? My third baby is Morning Motivation. You know, um, I've been doing these videos on social media for like the last two years in the morning, just okay. called Morning Motivation. So at the time, I didn't know I was going to keep it going. So I did about 150 days straight. And uh, we're still going strong now. But I said, I'm going to put it in the book because I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. Okay. So I took the best 10. I ended up throwing 11 in there um, that I that I really felt in me and it was it was just amazing so you know i put those principles in that book for people because we were just getting bad information everybody's saying throw 2020 out forget about this forget about mm -hmm. that and i'm like look you know this is not our first crisis and it's not gonna be our last crisis no. so how do we find a way to stay consistently motivated no matter what the crisis is and so right. that's why we titled the book morning motivation consistent encouragement through a crisis because we have 10 we have 11 principles in here that can go through any crisis you know, um, and all of it's about me, you know, things I went through when, I, as I said, I knew I was better than that. But I have a topic in here, a chapter in here where you say you don't have to create another thing. Because a lot of time when the people around you are not supporting you or the people around you are not jumping as fast as you think they should jump at your amazing idea, you think you need to do something different. Right. You need, you need to try something else. And it's not that because I've come to different places and they bounced off the wall about what I'm talking about. So it wasn't right. me. It was y'all. Exactly. And so once I stopped changing and switching up and trying to do other things because of other people, I was able to grow in a different space. You said a mouthful because we feel me and Danina always talking about why ain't nobody supporting us that's close to us. And we're like thinking we should do this and go, do, go a different pivot, a different way. And nope, we're going to stay the same. Somebody else love what we're doing. People we don't know like what we're doing. So we're going to keep it going because whoever's close to us that they don't support us they just they didn't want to lose it they didn't want to miss that yeah. so hey it's gonna be very hard for people to get support from people who saw you at the bottom yeah and that's just a fact i don't even care if that's your spouse it's yeah. very very tough for them to support you or to be give you like especially let's think of us us men right uh, we got a woman like that she know when all the bodies are buried everything about you that nobody else don't and so what happens was we might get mad at her when everybody looking at you as a king and she looking at you like you went to bed last night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you see what I'm saying? And that's the same thing like your, your brother or sister. You see what I'm yeah. saying? You're like, man, that's just Jay. Ain't nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it takes time for that to connect with them. They might it might have to be something later down the line, like, yo, I knew it was real when this, like, yo, I was doing this for 15 years. You just realizing right. it. But Hello? for them, it takes something different. It's very, very hard for people who saw you at the bottom to support you. You know what I mean? And that, that was something I had to get okay with. I had a, a mentor, a guy told me something about his spouse. He was like, man, I, I'm like, yo, we about to leave. I'm leaving this job. I'm doing this. And his wife wouldn't leave her job. And he was like, I was pissed at her. He, she was like, that's your dream, not mine. Yeah. And, but now they run, their, run his business together. But it took us some years. He's like, she had to come out when she was ready. And as mm -hmm. long as you had an understanding, you're not going to lose your spouse or lose your friends. Look, do your own thing. If you got to go right. away, then do it fine. But don't let them, don't let that mess you up because you're going to regret it if you leave it alone and you're going to hate them for it. So yeah. if you believe that, that strongly in it, go away. Go be around different people. Don't have conversation with them about what you're doing. Don't do any of that. Keep them completely away from what you're doing so that you can right. go. 
Did they? Yes, Nina. Ha! Huh, you told me that thing. Speak, speak. <laughs> oh my God! Look, I'm like, how did you get to that space, though? I need you to help me, cause I'm saying we have been doing this right. I had just showed Shade didn't even realize how long we've been manifesting the podcast. Our first upload was 2016. Then we didn't get wow. serious about it until the weekend that Nipsey Hussle got killed. That's when we wow. did our very first interview, right? right? That day, that during that time when he when we was finding out that he passed away, right? That's when we was in New Orleans at the hair show and we did our first interview. First interview yeah. Now it, it, it's been really sad that, you know, it kind of gets trying from the both of us that you don't get that support. Like, we don't get yeah. that support. We're like, y'all, we're on at 6 o'clock every Wednesday. Every single Wednesday, we're on. And y'all's not on Facebook or YouTube. It's like, it's really frustrating. It's really, it really jugs at us. But guess what? Now, we're just like, we'll just talk. And eventually, people will start. And they do. Yeah, you got to move around. You got to get away from the people. I mean, I was very successful in South Carolina. Now I live in Vegas. And people still ask me, why would you leave? You know, again, I've done all that things I've done. Got a 3,000 square foot office space, got property, things of that nature. Why would you leave? Why? Because I'm supposed to be higher. And if right. I stay around these people, I'm not going to grow higher. They only see right. me as here. When right. I came out here, I mean, I'm walking in the mall and people are breaking their necks, want to know about I Won't Starve is. I'm there. They just like, oh, that's what I won't starve. You know yes. what I'm saying? It was a right. different situation. I get, yeah. I go out to Long Beach, California, and I'm speaking there. They're looking at me like I'm crazy talking about this government stuff in Long Beach. Like they're right. like, man, I ain't hear nothing about that. Come back, you know. <laughs> I get a contract, right? And they go, they like, yeah, you the guy for us. I'm like, oh man, they ain't treat me like that. Then you know what I mean. So right. you got to grow. You got to know when when to make that move because again, they, it's not that they don't love you. They just see you as you. And they're like, man, I can pull up to her house. I can call her phone. Right. You, know I mean? you got to kind of create that distance from the people who, who, you know, I mean, look, what you saying, uh, yeah, about, I got friends who know about that and still ain't jumping the business. Still ain't making right. moves. Still ain't doing that different. You know what I'm saying? Because, hey, it's like, that's just coming from Jay. You know, but right. if somebody else come and tell them, it's going to be the grand revelation. Like, All right. I got some new news. And you got you kind of get yourself in a situation where you're not away. I've unfollowed friends on social media. I still love them. Yeah. But I don't want to see you celebrate nobody else's situation. You're not celebrating mine. And that's right. okay. That's okay. Like I'm cool with you, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not friends with you. I don't want to see that. And I, I control that. So right. you got my number, call me. You know what I mean? Right. You know why I stay, call me. But I'm not, I don't have to look at you saying I'm with this person celebrating their grand opening. Like, I got three books. I ain't, I ain't see you at the at the joint. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, and you don't have to, you know, just get away from that stuff. I mean, these people go crazy about the stuff that I do in different places than where, yeah. I, where it was created at. So, at the end of the day, I'm I'm cool with that. Right. How do you? How does um like your family when you did move away? How did they accept like your growth? Um, do you get the, you think you're better than, or, you know, you forgot about us and, you know, is that any of the conversation when you go back to the family reunions and things? No, not no more. Back in the day, it was like that, you know I mean? Because, you know, um, when you leave New Jersey, especially where we from, you automatically on. The funny thing is most of the people got section eight, they don't have cars or if they do got a car as a hoopty. 
They're not paying no insurance. They're not paying car notes. They're not paying real rent. And like we were struggling, like actually living real life. And then me hustling. So they really thought like it was that thing because I come back home with a nice car and everything like that. But like, yo, I was facing 10 years in prison. I got this going on. I got that. Like, yo, and I can't call y'all because y'all like, he going to be all right. See, when you up, they'll never think you're going to ever be down. You know what I'm saying? So nobody checking on you. They're just like, oh, he'll be all right. He'll come through. And so now I'm getting a lot more of, you know, hey, how you doing? Because I went through, you know, went from the drug thing to, okay, I'm going to do it this way. But then I went back down again and I didn't have to go back to drugs to come back up. It was just now getting skills, you know, becoming a photographer, becoming a certified coach, becoming a certified trainer, doing all the things I'm supposed to do, making investments and things like that. I've grown the right way, as everybody would say. Everybody has their way, but I've grown the right way. And some of my family members, especially the younger ones, you know, um, I'm happy me and my younger cousins are really connected like that. My grandmother got 20-something grandchildren. So it's a different phase of us. I'm the oldest. So, you know, like the ones at my age in my bracket, we cool, but we all was separated like that. Okay. Um, That was our parents that was strung out on drugs. That was, you know, that's that thing. It was the ones that our um, aunts and uncles started having after they got clean. That's now like in their late 20s and stuff like that. Are like, yo, because, because, you know, put me right. on. I'm trying to do this business thing. <laughs> okay. They're calling me for information. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's all love, but we ain't learn, we ain't learn that type of thing. Oh, we, we got together for food and fights. <laughs> that was it. Food and fights. <laughs> That's, That's <good>. right. <laughs> Oh, so what do you have coming? What do you have coming for future? What are you trying to do future wise for, you know, everything that you've helped? Oh, man. Your oh, man. community. Just just took just got to Vegas some months ago. So I'm enjoying that. Again, oh, doing so you, a lot just of work. Got, you just moved to Vegas? Yep. In November. Oh, wow. OK. Now, I'm how was that? How was that? How was that? Because you're East Coast. Like, so how was that moving? Like, eh. You're From closer South. to us a little bit. You're a little bit closer to uh, where we are. Where are you guys? In Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, wow. There's a lot of people from Minnesota here. I'm not, I, I yes, love it is. It. I got family there. Yeah. yeah, I love it. You know, we, um, you know, I, I always wanted to live in California. Okay. I always wanted to live in California. So I would leave and go away to California on my own. L.A., San Francisco. I got friends and family there. You know what I mean? Homeboys from home. That's there. So I would go there on my own little trip. But it's a little bit too expensive for me to live the way I want to live and and accustomed to how my kids live. So I'm like, I'm going to do Vegas and I'm going to pop in and out because I'm contracted with a company out of San Diego. My publicist in L.A. So, you know, I pop in and out when I need to. I still have my spot in South Carolina. I still have Mm -hmm. my, my office space there. So I'll be there next week. I'm back and forth. But yeah, it's great, man. I love it. It's a different change of pace. You know, um, the reception was well um, when I got here. I'm just excited. I'm doing my first workshop. Um, the I Won't Starve Experience, my five-year anniversary. As I said, I started in 2017. So we're doing okay. the I Won't Starve Experience September 24th here in Vegas. You know, the entrepreneur explosion is what we're calling it. Okay. Um, because we're right on the hills of, you know, people leaving their jobs by the millions. And this has never happened before, you know, voluntarily leaving jobs, not, you know, people that people left their job, but not voluntarily like they're doing right. now. So, you know, we want to make sure people are doing it the right way and our way, especially for our minorities. You know, we 
right. people are talking about you need ten thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, but we don't got people giving us that type of money. No, so how don't. do you talk to that person? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That just got a, a, a like they say the dollar in the dream, but I yeah. said dollar in the skill and how you manifest that skill because I had nothing but that camera, and you know I was able to do what I needed to do with it, and I you know teach people how to do it. So we're gonna have some celebrity speakers there this time. Um, and we're just gonna have a blast in Vegas. You know, it's gonna be September. Well, let us know. We'll week. come. Yes. Oh, send us see, your yeah, information. information. Yeah, we're gonna see yeah. the information. We're gonna have a blast. This will be the first one we're doing since COVID. Um, in person, we did a couple virtual ones, but this will be our seventh one. But you know, but we we can't wait. You know, to do this thing. You know, um, in person, and like I said, Vegas has been welcoming what we're doing. They, Biggest Vegas is it don't have a lot of stuff that I had in South Carolina. No. A lot of the programs that we had for entrepreneurs was not avail is not available here. So I'm looking forward to being my nonprofit, I Won't Starve Academy. And we said we're we're here to help black entrepreneurs. I'm, mm -hmm. I'll help everybody else too, but first priority is my people because one of the problems that we have is that people are we we give our money to other um ethnicities and they don't have to give anything back. Right. So via my nonprofit, I'm getting these people to pay us to teach my people for free. So this right. is the type of things we're doing um, with I Won't Starve Academy. So these, this is we got classes and we got self-employment summits coming up, perfect partnership summit coming up, which we, that's teaching people again how to work with the government directly and create mm -hmm. partnerships, strategic partnerships with the government, not just get contracts or get certified because you can get certified and never get a job. Okay. So what kind of government jobs far as, I mean, explain more in depth, like what kind of jobs they can get with the government? Oh man, government pays for everything. So, you know, like a lot of times when you start your business, you need guaranteed income and the government can provide that. Once you get a contract with them, sometimes you have a two, three year contract and then it can have two re-ups. So say you got a three year contract, it could turn into a nine year contract, you know, so, but teaching you how to bid for that contract teach you for people who got, like a lot of times we don't have major companies. So if you do photography, well, the federal government spends half a billion dollars a year on photography. People mm. don't know that, right? Wow. So um, the, the local federal state government pay for um, catering. So let's just say for the sake of saying somebody got a um, construction contract building a museum. Yeah, I bet you would go buy that contract as a food truck there, maybe three of them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So if you got wow. a food truck, through the government, that's guaranteed bread. People are just coming up there to get the food. They don't got to pay you. You're not posted up there. No, the people just ordering what they want, and you sending the invoice to the government, and they paying for what they order. You know what I'm saying? You so told me a whole that, mouthful. That's what I'm saying. So the stuff that we do, the smaller businesses that we do, the government still pays for those. And then you can also get situations where you don't have to bid. So if you got some, under, depending upon what office, under five thousand, under ten thousand, under twenty-five thousand, you don't have to do a bid for it. They can yeah. just say, "I want your services," and get that bag. So if you got them consistently doing that for you, you rocking and rolling. You know the airport. How, how would a how would a felon go about doing that? What 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 would you be that first step? Because they ain't gonna ask you. Oh, ask you okay. you're a felon. That's what that's, okay. the, that's the whole thing. <laughs> okay. I did all that without being a felon. I mean, with oh. being a felon. You know what I'm saying? So okay. you so I went in there. building out an LLC or escort business, and that's what they're looking yep. at at the business. You get the LLC, and you show that you you know you've been in business. Usually they say a year, but if you have the skill set, like on a job, you can actually show them 
hey, well, I've been doing this for actually th- for more than three years. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go ahead and start working on the process for you. And again, if it's a non-bid scenario, then you don't really got to worry about that. They'll they'll work with you. The certification is for them, not for you. You get them certification, they put their numbers up. They say they got X amount of minority businesses, what have you. All of them have quotas. What I understood was that they wasn't meeting those quotas. Right. And so I understood that I can get the minorities you need. So I need you to partner with me. And they actually right. paid me for that. You know, they paid out on Star for that, for us to, to be, for the privilege of being at our function. So we okay. did those scenarios and we told, we put people on your cleaning businesses. That was a million dollar contracts with the right company. You know, right. um, anything you can think of the government is paying for. They, they want jackets and clothes just like you. You know, they want right. cars. You know, um, city government, the cops get their cars from somewhere, you know. It, right. So if you're a dealer that can provide that, you get a contract with them. So people that's mm-hmm. in cars, they might not want to do that. No, if you're a wholesaler, you might want to work with them and right. get a contract. So every so often, you got the, the city, the fire department, everybody, all these caprices is coming from you. You know what I'm saying? So what do they do? They just go, a person that has a business, they just go to the local, um, to the government center or to yeah. um, NAACP, you know, nah, building. Nah, nah. You go, now nah, you can go to the, um, you got SBA, that's federal. You got DOT, that's federal. Then you might have your city office. You can go there. If you go on your city website, it should say do business with the city. Or say how, go on your web, go on, on thing and say, um, what, what city y'all in? Um, well, I'm in St. Paul now, but our business okay. is mostly ran in Minneapolis. Okay, so you say doing business with the city of Minneapolis, right? Uh-huh. Pull it up. They'll give you all the information. The best thing to do is attend one of their functions. They, they, they usually have functions to tell you the informational um, functions. And yeah. then they'll tell you what they want. Um, matchmaker um, functions. Basically, those are things where you, they'll let you go um, sit with the city, um, the fire department, sit with the, um, the police department yeah. and other different departments in the city. And they'll tell you the things they want, what you what they need from you. Um, go through the certification process. If um, they require it, boom, now you're in there. Now the job is to make sure them people know you. I don't care if you got to send them breakfast, you know, send them some, yeah. some muffins, donuts, whatever, because right. they're not entrepreneurs. So they're not going to look for you. Right. They're going to make a phone call to the person that they know. So if right. they know you, they're going to hit you up. They're going to be like, hey, come on, let's, let's do this. You know what I mean? And then, then the rest is history. But if they don't know you, they're going to call the person that they know. And that's okay. from the top to the bottom, except for federal. Federal is a lot more clean, but um, local or state, it go off of who they know. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you gonna stay? You're 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 gonna stay in Vegas. You're 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 already got your feet planted in your hometown. You're in your second um, state city. So now, where are you? Where in the next five years, where are you branching off to? Oh, full time, a full time investor. You know, my next year actually, I, I that was my five year plan in 2018 to be a full time investor by December 31st, 2023. Um, and it's because I, I ran the rat race of entrepreneurship for mm-hmm. years. I've been hustling since I was 13. You know, I've been putting my money up, doing what I needed to do, trying to figure it out. Um, now it's about investing and giving other people opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, being with my kids. My daughter, she has two books right now. Okay. That she already put out, and she's finishing up her third one of her series. Okay. She's How old is she? Thirteen. Oh, okay. all nice. right. She's thirteen, and you know she just got into her the high school of her choice, so she'll be able to. 
she uh, was in the performance arts high school for singing. She had to do her whole little audition CD and all that other stuff for that. They accepted her and she's a gifted swimmer. So she'll be able to do both of those. Mm-hmm. By the time she's out of school, I'm not working. I'm not doing, running a running rat race for nobody. And then uh, my son, will be, he's five years younger than her. He'll be going to high school. And so I'm out all my time for them. And right. I, you know, so my businesses should pay, pay, pay themselves. So I'm going to always write books. I got another book coming out, you know, next year. We won't starve. Um, that's the, um, the power of collaboration. That's my next book. So I'm always going to do that. I love it. That brought me back to who I was and myself. And that's my, my personal conversation with myself. I tell people writing my books is an uninterrupted conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I love it. So I'm never going to stop doing that. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so we have this segment to where <clears throat> you've been home for a while and you've dealt with some, I'm pretty sure some testy people, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have a um we would like to know what has happened since you've been home in your path that you're like somebody tried to try you, right? They had you messed up. And yeah, no. you're like, oh, I'm not going to go back to prison. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the high road. Right. So it's like, it's called uh, meet the shoe moment, right? <laughs> it's a shoe oh. moment that you're like, no, I'm not going to sit back in jail. You know, like you was like just right there, right almost there. there. Almost. Well, to be honest with you, the blessing is I never had to sit down. You know, I had some real okay. dudes that was with me that never told Okay. And I got one of my partners is coming home soon. He just did 16 on a 20 mm. year bid. And, you know, we just had soldiers. I did sit, a, sit in the house for a while, you know, waiting on trial and everything like that. But, you know, I had all I had was five years probation and we had some money. But um, I always got tested. One of the biggest places was in church. You know, oh. uh, everybody tell you to go wow. to church. And I went to church <laughs> and church ain't really like that. You know what I'm saying? When you start doing the business of church. Oh, Joker's gonna cuss you out just like somebody on the corner. Right. I'm like, yo, dig, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, I actually almost got into it a couple times. I mean, to the point where my last time in church actually was that. Like, you know, as as like being a member of a church, like, yeah, right. I, I really like you can see the picture of me on one side and my best friend, he's like a brother of me, had me over here and oh, like, wow. yo, and everybody was. Because, yeah, my shirt was off and everything. Because no. it, it just went dead. I mean, because people, I don't know. It's just a different situation, mm-hmm. you know, um, in church. man. People, it's a different ball game in church, man. I, I don't know. I might do a movie or, or a book on that. You got to write a uh, book just church. for church folks. It's, it's a different ball. <laughs> and, and we got to tell the truth. Like, yo, it's some right. amazing things that happen in church. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, me learning to read the Bible drew me closer to God and further away from church. You know what I'm right. saying? Because the people wasn't like the people in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? This, right. this ain't that. They was like some of them, but the, the bad ones, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the ones who killed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's those people in the church. And they're yeah. they alive and well today, not oh, just 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So when you see that, I'm like, nah, we ain't doing that. I'm not indoctrinating my kids on weakness because they speak, they, they preach a lot of weakness. You know what I'm saying? Just take whatever right. you got and be happy with it. Nah, we we not doing that because the God I saw in the book didn't say that. Right. He said keep going to get what your prize is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't need to die to get my prize. There's a prize here. You know, and in Deuteronomy 18 and 8 says, 
You have all the, I've given you everything that you need to get wealth. All you, all I ask you to do is just give me the props. And that's my, that's my paraphrasing. Give me props to say who you got it from. You know right. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so with everything, the first thing I said, God, because that's where I got that from. Right. Now it's me. It's my power that's been bestowed in me to go get what I need to go get. And we don't teach that enough in, in black churches. We don't teach that triumphantness. I ain't saying you got to, everybody right. got to be rich, but we ain't weak. We kings, we queens. We ain't weak. We ain't submissive. We don't got to be all of that. And I'm raising children. So yeah. I know enough of the word. I'm still in it. I'm a priesthood holder in my own house. So my kids understand what time it is without having to be that that weakness being indoctrinated. Um, and then again, they act like people on the street sometimes. So you like you got to remember where you are. So I got away from that. Um, that was the main that was that place where I was like, yo, why am I even going through this at a church? <laughs> right. Is, man. Yeah, they, they, they regular people. They, they the same. Yes, they are the worse. same. Huh? A lot of them worse. A lot of them worse. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so usually running from something. <laughs> yeah, my lifetime. I'm cool with the people because the people who was like me, who had backgrounds, and again, it was harder for me. Like my bro my bros that came home got jobs immediately, but right. because I was in college when I when it happened, and then I ended up getting a degree, it was a different level of expectation, and you know I didn't have the program to pipeline me into a job. You know what I mean? It was right. like. Yo, get the sixty, seventy thousand dollar job. Nah, they ain't right. giving me that. Right. <laughs> so the brothers who I knew and the sisters who I met in church that was on that, we was on the same wavelength. It was the regular people who was acting like a damn fool. I'm like, really? <laughs> and you got the cloth on, and you acting like that. Like you, right. you doing one. You ready to fight people over over you no know, over your man? You, you know, blah 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 blah. You popping off? I'm like, yo, am I? Yo, this ain't Kansas no more. You know what I mean? That type right. of. Thing. So I was good on that, and I'm I'm super good on that. Yes, yes. We want well. Let the people know where you know every single thing that you got coming up. Um, you know that well how how they can reach out to you, how they get up, my how babies, they can get those my books. Babies, my book babies, I call them that because it took nine months for the first one. So okay. my book babies, they're on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Walmart, of course, my website. Um, my books are all around. Um, www.jhalim.com is my website. www.iwonstarve.com is my other website. And then iwonstarveacademy.org is a nonprofit. Of course, like I said, we're helping out, you know, black entrepreneurs get what they need to get to without having to spend money. Because again, we got to teach these people to give us money that we don't have to give back. Mm -hmm. um, that's how we're going to get give up because we're giving the Chinese man money. He'll never got to give oh. us nothing. We're giving Walmart money. He'll never got to give us nothing. Like yeah. all these things, we're giving up money. And we don't never got to get nothing back for free. So this is my own small way and my own, you know, own contribution to us where I'm going to get these people to pay me so that I can educate you and help you yeah. go ahead and do what you need to do. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for a good nonprofit to donate to, we are that. Um, we are a 501c3 organization and we are on the up and up, definitely. Um, we are having a major function here in Las Vegas, September 24th, 23rd and 24th, because we definitely got to welcome everybody in that night. We're going to have a little, what they call it, kickback back in the day. <laughs> We're going to have right. something set up for everybody <laughs> that coming on the 23rd, but 24th, get prepared for a power pack conference with some amazing people, you know, learn some stuff. We're going to feed you real good and just, you know, change your life. We've changed a bunch of lives, um, the entrepreneurs, just regular people. So, and we're going to mm -hmm. have something for the kids too. Um, we created another, my, my kid, my kids created their own nonprofit called Kids Won't Star. 
um, during the pandemic, definitely helping education with kids um, because, again, places we didn't think about didn't have internet access to help Mm -hmm. out children and things of that nature. But the the families had phones. And so because of our Facebook group, Kids Won't Starve, we were able to get teachers from all over the world to help put lesson plans up for their kids when they couldn't Mm -hmm. do anything for school. And we just kept it going. We created actually a, a little small don't um daycare center for bigger kids when for people that went that was afraid to take their kids into the regular school because of COVID nineteen. Okay. So we was able to help fourteen families and uh, keep their kids there safely in our space that we have in Columbia, South Carolina. All right, awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much. Your story was so inspiring. Like you can really like you, (laughs) especially about like your people, like not really gravitating to, you know, when you're trying to come up and then they don't support, like we struggle with that. Like it's still the struggle. Yeah. So conversations in the forefront. Yes. Yes, definitely. And anything you need from us, please let us know. You need us to talk whatever, you know, just Um, let us know. Likewise, likewise, definitely. Yeah, I really appreciate you ladies. And I want to come up there. That's what I want to do. Yes. I want to come in the summertime, I know. It's right. in the summer, yes, definitely in the summer, because you will freeze. Yes, <laughs> you will freeze. I'm from yes. Jersey, but I don't think Jersey got nothing on Minnesota, though. No, uh, no. <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm looking forward yeah. to keeping the relationship going. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you for so tuning much. in to meet the no show. Problem. Thank you, ladies. Yeah. Okay. Bye, bye. You want to end it? I ended it.